You have the power to create the life you want. How? Visit the web store on www.iempower.com to find out more. That's i-em-power.com. Are you the next Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, or Deion Sanders? Do you have what it takes to become the next great talent? Whether you play baseball, basketball, football, or any other sport, you all at least have one thing in common, the need to be recognized. It doesn't matter if you're trying to get recruited to your dream school or striving to make it to the next level. I'mNextUSA.com is the platform for you. You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Good evening. Welcome to the debut edition Huddle Up podcast. Huddle Up with Jim and Dave here on NGSCSports.com. A new little twist on uh, Sports Talk Radio. We are excited to bring it to you. It is August 31st, 2016. We are just days, hours away from the real, real start to the college football season. We are excited to bring you this new show here on NGSCSports.com, where we never stop. Visit the site for all the shows, all of the bonus coverage, all of the everything on the site. Check out NGSCSports.com for all of the shows on the network. You can uh, follow along there or go to Spreaker, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio app. Also check out the NGSC Sports YouTube channel. You can podcast our show. I believe we should be up on iTunes and Android. Search Huddle Up with Jim and Dave, Huddle Up Podcast. Um, you go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Huddle Up Podcast, and you can find the link there. You can follow me on Twitter at Big Jim Sports. And each and every week, he's our co-host. He's my right-hand man. He's one of my best friends in the entire world. Dave, welcome in, buddy. How, how exciting is this? This is uh, this is really exciting. Finally, getting to talk some football with you, and uh, definitely going to have a lot of fun. And uh, hopefully, we get a lot of participation from uh, folks listening in. Yeah, and if you are listening in and you're checking us out, and you want to uh, get your thoughts on anything we're talking about, any questions, uh, you can do that. The number is four zero one three four seven zero six one three, and then enter the pin two nine three one two. Again, that is four zero one three four seven. 0613 and use pin 29312. If you don't call in and you're listening, just thank you for uh, listening to the show. Make sure you tell everyone about it. Uh, Dave, before we get into this, uh, the college football stuff, the NFL is, uh, I know we don't, we don't want to get too much news. And that, that's one thing that, um, as we posted some stuff up on the, on the Facebook page, again, facebook.com slash huddle up podcast. Um, we're we're not really doing like the news thing like the the show I had in the past it was like we would preview some stuff but we would talk about some of the big stories we don't really want to do that here we want to kind of keep this you know kind of fast-paced hard-hitting if there's something really big we're going to talk about it but today the the NFL uh, I guess is getting ready to officially announce the uh the NFL draft is coming to Philly in uh in, in the spring and and I just when I heard that I was just like 
this just seems like it's a terrible idea. Uh, if there's two things that I know the Philadelphia sports fans, and particularly the Eagles fans, as we're talking about the NFL and the NFL draft, is uh, they usually hate their draft picks, uh, and they hate all other teams and all other fans. Uh, so it seems like great logic to bring the NFL and the NFL draft to uh, to Philadelphia. Well, uh, Jim, I'll weigh in on this one real quick, and uh, I actually think it's the best possible year that they could bring the NFL draft to Philadelphia because I believe they traded all their picks away uh, during the offseason. <laughs> oh, that's true. So at least we get one of the things that they hate uh, out of the way. So, yeah, that's actually a pretty good point. All right, so we'll we see how it works out, but the Eagles fans are definitely uh, an interesting bunch overall. So it could be interesting. Yeah, and uh, obviously, as we get into next week's show uh, and going through the next uh, what twenty or so weeks uh, and weekends, uh, we will uh, obviously be more focused uh, uh, on, on NFL stuff because this one's pretty much college football only. Obviously, no NFL uh, of, of any importance this weekend. Week four of the preseason never. Um, you know, never really see any of the starters. So no NFL to talk about. We're going to break down four uh, college football games uh, of note. And then uh, after our short break, then we're going to go down the top 25 uh, and go head to head on pick them. So uh, we're going to keep a tally throughout the season and see how at the end of the, uh, both the college football and NFL year, you and I do head to head because, uh, it would not be a proper show if you and I uh, didn't have some sort of um, head-to-head matchup to it. As long as we don't have to hear you cry on the air when uh, you're buying me beer for our wager, it's all good. <laughs> we will see about that. And, uh, again, you guys can kind of uh, play along at home, score along at home, and and, and make sure you uh, tune in each and every week to, uh, to hear us. Uh, be it live or be it on the podcast. So the first one, obviously, I'm going to go to, uh, and I said it, I would do this, and I'm not going to break their game down every single week, so don't worry about that. For those that know me, I'm a huge Notre Dame fan, and this weekend they travel to Texas, uh, Daryl K. Royal Texas Memorial Stadium uh, in Austin, 7.30 p.m. on Sunday. Uh, So I have to wait one more day than normal, uh, for my college football season uh, of note of my team to get underway. And that's just because it, it's Notre Dame and they might as well put them on a national spotlight uh, even bigger by themselves uh, on, on on the uh, Labor Day weekend opening weekend. Uh, this one being covered on ABC. Um, no surprise expecting a sellout on this one. Uh, Notre Dame pretty much plays in front of a sellout crowd almost every time, be it uh, at home or on the road. Last year, these two teams met. Notre Dame trounced them uh, in South Bend. Uh, but uh, going into it, the Notre Dame leads the series. Uh, they've played 11 times, 9-2. to two. Notre Dame leads them, including a four, four wins, zero losses in Texas. Um, so, I mean, but based on that, of course, historical impact, I, I don't know if that really means anything. I don't think it really does because, you know, it's two teams that have been around for a very long time. Um, so, you know, you, you have you have this matchup where they, they, they played last year. 
uh, you have it's kind of a tale of two coaches, and I, th- this is what I want to kind of look at um, in my in my first point is you Brian Kelly. Uh, his, this is his seventh year, fifty five and twenty three at Notre Dame. Uh, he is two two hundred twenty six eighty and two overall. Uh, his twenty sixth year as a head coach. He's one and zero versus Texas, of course, last year. And then you look on the other sideline. Charlie Strong is eleven and fourteen at Texas. This is his third year. Uh, he is forty eight and thirty overall, his sixth year, and of course, obviously zero and one versus the Fighting Irish. So you really have a tale of two coaches, uh, not only in stat in, in time at their schools, but Charlie Strong is a very new head coach. Brian Kelly, the, the the season veteran, he's been around for a long time. Uh, looking at that overall record, two twenty six, eighty and two. Uh, Brian Kelly, more times than not, is putting winning programs on the field. Um, but in in a tale of two different coaches, Dave, I, I think that that these two two teams and two coaches in particular are in a weird spot because I think both of them are kind of at make or break points of their career at their schools. Obviously, in, in 2012, Notre Dame went to the national championship game, got shellacked by Alabama in a game that, I, that still gives me chills to talk about. Uh, but since then, they haven't been able to quite recapture that that magic. They, they've been kind of shuffling quarterbacks. You've seen instances uh, of player discipline, uh, which, which is no different this year. Obviously, losing Max Redfield, um, losing Butler to suspension. Uh, Redfield kicked off the team. Um, so, so Brian Kelly's kind of have a trouble. They've had trouble recapturing that exact magic. They've had winning seasons, but they haven't been able to get back to the national championship or the playoff. Uh, as for Charlie Strong, he came in with a you know kind of uh, you know he's hired with a lot of uh, you know fanfare. They've they've not been able to to live up to that uh, at Texas, trying to rebuild that program. And I think both both coaches are really at a spot where if they don't put something. Uh, really big together this year, and for Brian Kelly, I think that means playoffs uh, or potential playing uh, for the national championship. For Charlie Strong, I think it just means get you know eight, nine, maybe ten wins, and and really start to kind of show the people in Austin, look, this uh, this is going to work. You just need to uh, give me a little bit more time. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, it's definitely a, a key season for both teams. Um, I'd almost say it's more a key season for Texas, given the coaching situation and the uh, historical record, which I think you quoted at 11 and 14. That uh, Texas is a, a, a pretty storied program, and um, they're not going to stand for mediocrity for long. So uh, if they can't produce this year, there's probably going to be a coaching change there. Uh, I think you have a little bit more time in Notre Dame, uh, but I think Notre Dame also has a tougher time getting to the uh, to the promised land, just given the schedule that they generally have every year. Um, I think that hurts them a little bit because they don't have the cupcakes in their schedule uh, as frequently as some of the big-name SEC schools do. So I think that hurts them, but uh, definitely going to be an interesting thing to see how the season plays out and what happens with the coaching. Yeah, certainly. Uh, at least this year, looking over the schedule, Notre Dame's schedule is a little bit – it's not a cake schedule by any uh, stretch of the imagination, but Texas – Nevada, Michigan State, Duke, Syracuse, North Carolina State, Stanford, Miami, Navy, Army, Virginia Tech, and USC. And there's really there's really only three true away games there uh, at USC, uh, at North Carolina State, and then of course this weekend because they have some neutral site games in there. Uh, the Syracuse game is a neutral site. 
Um, the Navy game is a neutral site. The Army game is a neutral site. So th- there's really only three true away games on this schedule for Notre Dame. Uh, but yeah, they 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 never really play a, a cupcake schedule, and the teams usually uh, match up pretty pretty heavily against them. Uh, the the big thing for me going into this one is is looking at, um, you know, I think the, the, the is really going to be the quarterback play, particularly for Notre Dame. Uh, Malik Zaire took over last year, uh, and in the second game of the season, broke his ankle uh, against Virginia. Deshaun Kaiser comes in, plays a plays a great year. Um, you know, the the only two games that they lost were in a monsoon at Clemson, a game that uh, you know questionably probably shouldn't have even been played, uh, but came down to the very end. And then Stanford came down to the very end. Two very good teams lost by a combined total, I think, of uh, four points. Uh, and but then of course getting getting really waxed in the. Uh, Fiesta Bowl by Ohio State, a game that was uh, over before it started. At least, if uh, you know, <laughs> from from my my vantage point, uh, the, the 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 biggest the biggest thing going into this one, uh, Notre Dame. Brian Kelly has already said that uh, both quarterbacks will play. Um, the 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 way the game plays out is going to dictate how much each of them actually uh, get playing time. Uh, it's my hope that Kaiser is actually kind of looked at as the starter to be. I think that's the way it should be. Uh, Texas in, uh, on the other side is kind of the same way. They have a couple quarterbacks um, that uh, I think uh, Charlie Strong has said is going to see some time. Oh. For me, the biggest thing for Notre Dame is uh, probably going to be how do they rework the defense uh, you know, you lose Max Redfield to the to the uh, to being kicked off the team as a discipline thing. You lose Butler, uh, and then you're also trying to replace uh, Jalen Smith, who uh, was one of the best uh, linebackers uh, and defensive players in the entire country. So, um, you know, Notre Dame is going to score points. I have no doubt about that. They have one of the best offensive lines in college football. Uh, but Texas, I think, has a, has a, has a really good defense. Um, I, I think I think the line on this one, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, because you might know it more than I do, is, is Notre Dame by like three, three and a half. Um, ultimately, I, I think Notre Dame comes out with about a ten point win, um, and, and but I think it it is going to be close throughout about three and a half quarters, and then uh, I think Notre Dame gets a late touchdown to seal it off. Um, going to give me a little bit too much stress to start the year, but go down to Texas, get a win come back and regroup for Nevada. I think Notre Dame wins by 10 here. I think that's a, uh, I think that's a very accurate breakdown there. And I think it's, this is just a, uh, similar to the, the USC Alabama game that I have. This is a, uh, this is a game of unknowns. Uh, there's just a lot of unknowns in this game and trying to guess how things are going to play out. Um, my initial gut on this game is it's going to be a close game. Um, you're, you're correct in the fact that the line is about three, three and a half at the moment, um, which tells me that Vegas feels like it's going to be a close game, and Vegas is normally right on these things. Um, I, I tend to think that, especially given the fact that uh, Texas got blown out last year, that there's a lot of angles that would tend to favor Texas. Um, but I don't know if they have the firepower to get there. Um, again, I, I have... This is a game I'm interested in from the sheer fact of how many uh, different unanswered questions there are. Uh, you talked about the defense with, uh, I can't even think of his name anymore that's out, but uh, 
and the quarterback situation for Notre Dame. It's going to be interesting to see how those play out. Uh, but I think Texas, uh, I think Texas gives Notre Dame all they can handle. And I, I, if I had to go on record with a pick, I'm going to take Notre Dame by a field goal. Okay, well, the Irish escape with a win either way. I'm fine with that. Uh, what's the first game you're going to break down here, Dave? Uh, we'll we'll start off with the big one in the uh, the Alabama USC, and I'm a uh, I'm a self proclaimed stat geek, so I went uh, I went the stat route and the trending route on this, and uh, just to get a whole bunch of different uh, unusual things that only I would be able to find. So uh, hang on tight. Um, so USC and Alabama are actually playing on a neutral site uh, Saturday evening, eight o'clock at AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. Um, Alabama has a five and two all-time head-to-head record uh, in this matchup. The last meeting came in 1985 uh, in the Alamo Bowl. So it's been a while since the two teams have played. Um, both teams have quarterbacks uh, starting for the first time, uh, so it's another interesting twist in this game. Um, I think Alabama has more running back questions as well. Uh, I think the USC running backs are a lot stronger uh, with Ronald Jones and Justin Davis. Uh, I think it's going to be very interesting just to see how this lack of experience actually plays out in the game. Um, Obviously, Alabama has top-tier recruits. For sure, the fact that they're Alabama, uh, you know, they have four national titles in the last seven years. They have Nick Saban as their coach. Uh, they're they're pretty good in recruiting, but uh, USC's recruits here are pretty good. They're stepping into the spotlight. Um, Max Brown has his, finally has a chance to start. Um, he's been Cody Kessler's backup the past couple of years. Uh, he's had 19 total passes in his college career up until this point. Um, the one thing that's going to help Max out is he has the top-ranked offensive line in a lot of people's eyes, uh, which will help protect him. Uh, I also feel, uh, personal opinion, he has one of the best receivers in college football to throw the ball to. Uh, one of my favorite names in college football and Juju Smith-Schuster. So any guy that's named Juju is automatically good at my book. <laughs> uh, the other thing that's uh, interesting is this is actually going to be um, not the first time that these two quarterbacks have played. Uh, Brown's team in a 2012 ESPNU game actually beat Bateman's team 24 or 57 to 25 when Max had uh, almost 400 yards in the victory. So these two quarterbacks had have, uh, have had a previous history against each other. Um, another stat to throw out here, uh, Nick Saban's average margin of victory in neutral site season openers uh, is over 20 points a game. And he's a perfect six and zero opening in a neutral site. So again, everything seems to favor Alabama in this matchup. Uh, USC has the best record of any Pac-12 school against the SEC all-time. They're 22-11-1. Yes, they tied a game. Uh, one thing that's interesting in this game is Lane Kiffin previously coached USC. I believe it was 2010 to 2013. Something like uh, that. Clearly, this game is being touted as the saving versus uh, Helton. But I think Helton is clearly a weaker, weaker coach. But I'm not a Lane Kiffin fan at all. So um, I kind of feel like that Helton has a stronger support staff. But then again, Helton is going against Nick Saban, and Nick Saban is Nick Saban. So that goes without saying. Yeah. Um, one, a couple additions. Any, anything to say so far, Big Jim, on those? Um, no, I mean, yeah, Saban, uh, Saban does what Saban does. Yeah, you know, the, some, of the, some of those things you brought up, uh, especially the margin of victory on, on home, uh, 
or on neutral site, it just the it was twenty plus is just an absolute crazy number. Um, but you know, it's it's Nick Saban, I, I, and I remember back when Notre Dame played them in the national championship, I, I said, anytime you give Nick Saban um, more than a week to prepare, um, the the ball is going to be in his court. Like he is going to have the advantage because that's just what he excels at. So. Yeah, when you have an entire off season to prepare for a team, I think you automatically have to put the favor uh, towards Nick Saban. I think that automatically too, but then I think about how many of the pieces at UFC has changed, and does that play into it at all? I don't know the answer, but it's an interesting factor on this as well. Sure. Um, one, one thing on one, I think it's the last thing I have on Saban here, but maybe not. Um, he, Saban's also been quoted, if you're going to lose in college football, the best time to lose is early on. So that'd be kind of ironic if they lost. Uh, he said that in the meeting in the past uh, two weeks ago, I believe. So uh, interesting quote there to say, but it's 100% accurate. Oh, absolutely. Um, if USC has to be, happens to lose, it'll actually be their fourth loss in their fifth game under Clay Helton. So that's, uh, that's not exactly how you want to start your coaching career, but uh, it'll be interesting if they did. Um, to me, this is this isn't a must-win for either side. Um, either side can still make the national title game, the college football playoffs, with a loss. Um, but the one thing that this is for me is this is a must-not-get-blown-out for USC. They cannot lose this game by by 17 points, 21 points. They have to stay competitive uh, in order for this to be looked at positively for them. No one's giving them a chance to win, but they need to stay in this game and keep it competitive. Um, another another uh, interesting stat here is no preseason number one has lost since 1990 in their first game, uh, and then that was when number 16 BYU took down Miami. Uh, the one that you're going to like here, uh, Big Jim, and I pulled this one out just for you, so you can smile on this because it's not going to happen a lot on the podcast. <laughs> but uh, defending national champion has not lost an opener since number five Michigan was beaten by number 22 Notre Dame in 1998. I know that holds a near and dear oh, in your heart. I love that. I love that. No, I love that stat. As much as I hate Alabama, I almost uh, want them to uh, to win just so that stat holds true. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> no, you'd like that one. So getting into the game a little bit here, um, I, I, think, uh, I think Alabama's uh, – Wide receiver Calvin Ridley is as good as any wide receiver in college football. But Juju is just special. The kid's just got pure talent. Um, he's six foot two inches. Uh, last year he had 89 catches, uh, just shy of 1,500 yards. Uh, and that's with Cody Kessler as the quarterback, of course. Uh, if he has a huge game, um, he's definitely going to help out the rookie quarterback and definitely can help uh, take some pressure off of him. Um, player, he's obviously my player to watch uh, if I had to pick one for USC. I think it's going to be crucial that he gets open and makes it easier on uh, Max for USC. Uh, for Alabama, I think the one player to watch is going to be interesting is their defensive end, Jonathan Allen. Uh, he had 12 sacks last year, uh, 14 and a half tackles for loss. Uh, he was the leader of the Alabama defensive line, and he has the key of needing to pressure uh, Max Brown as the, quarter, as the rookie quarterback. Um, this is going to help force mistakes, but the other thing that's going to be interesting is seeing how this top-ranked offensive line can do versus Alabama, who is returning very few on their D-line. Um, I think this is a clear advantage that USC could potentially have in this game, is the line. But the uh, 
the biggest question and the biggest key to the game to me is can the can the defensive front hold up for USC? I think they'll be good early on, but uh, Alabama is definitely going to run the ball, grind the clock out, and they'll have no problem turning it over to their defense. Um, they're definitely the more physical team, but uh, can USC's defensive front hold up and force them in second and seven, second and eight, uh, and not give up the five-yard first down rush that we've seen uh, Alabama be able to generate pretty readily during the second half of the game. A um, couple other oddball stats out there that I found. Um, USC hasn't won a conference championship for, since 2008. Uh, that one shocked me. I would have thought that they would have been better than that in the recent future, but uh, that is, in fact, true. It's been almost 10 years. Uh, USC has won 18 straight season openers since 1997 defeat by Florida State. And last Nick Saban one for you is uh, Saban, who's facing teams that has their quarterback making their first start versus Alabama. They have Alabama has outscored these teams 125 to 13. Ooh. So that is uh, that is all I have as far as a preview. Um, as far as the game, I think this is going to be a lower-scoring game. I think it's the first team to 24 points wins the game. Um, I think it's going to be Alabama 27, USC 20. So a seven-point win for Alabama. Uh, I think it's going to be an interesting game to watch just given all the, uh, the fresh faces that are in there. But uh, I definitely think USC is a better team than most people give them credit for. But I think Saban will find some way to get out of uh, Texas with the win. Yeah, Alabama. I, I feel like we we see Alabama play at uh, at AT and T Stadium a lot. It's almost kind of become like a like a second home for them, uh, which kills me being a Cowboys fan. But uh, <laughs> um, you know, I, I we always you know you see those numbers that you know the the twenty plus point leads, and, and these games always seem to start like just slow and methodical, and then it's always like man, it, it, but then. Somehow Alabama usually ends up obviously with, with a with a with a bigger lead. I I think in this one, um, I'm gonna lean a little bit more your way. You know, in, in terms of the, I don't think it's going to be a, a 20 plus point win. Uh, I think USC will keep it close. I think even at points, maybe even deep in not deep into the second half, but into the third quarter, um, you may find USC with a lead. But uh, I think in the fourth quarter, Alabama is going to do what Alabama does, wear the opponent down. Uh, I think they're going to end up with, uh, I'm going to say, like a 13-point um, win, maybe like a 27-14, something like that. Not very high scoring. I'm, I'm with you. I don't think it's going to be high scoring. Both teams, uh, I think, you know, working to kind of put uh, those pieces back together. I think about a 13-point win for Alabama, uh, making it look, the score is going to make it look easy, but I think both teams are going to show that uh, you know that they're very talented, and uh, both teams have a lot of potential throughout the rest of the season. Definitely, and this is one that just it just smells like Alabama could be upset for some reason. I have no idea why I have that feeling, but it just smells like this could be a better game than it, uh, than it very well might uh, end up actually playing out. Uh, Vegas currently has it sitting in Alabama as about 12-point favorites with the total in the uh, 55 range, which I think is a little too high. Um, but I don't know. So we will see. Yeah, and I mean, for me, you know, again, as a Notre Dame fan, it just, you know, now till November is a very long time. So 
I, I'm totally okay if if Alabama loses to USC here. Uh, you know, if, if SC finds a way to go into Texas and win, because, uh, you know, over the course of the season, I think USC is going to be a very good program, uh, which will make that matchup uh, Thanksgiving weekend in Southern California, um, you know, very good, uh, a very good matchup, hopefully for Notre Dame and for, uh, and for USC. So if they, if USC finds a way to win, um, as much as I hate both of these programs, you know, somebody has to win. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it'd be interesting. Uh, th- this weekend's a, a busy weekend for me. Uh, so I don't know how many of these games I'm actually going to be able to see, unfortunately, but, uh, you, you can rest assured that I will be at least following along, uh, with the scores, uh, on, on Saturday. So, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's one that's always fun to see a lot of these, a lot of neutral site games, including the one I'm going to talk about next, uh, which is LSU, a kind of neutral site, LSU versus Wisconsin from Lambeau Field. Obviously, a, a little bit more of a of a home neutral site um, for Wisconsin, but uh, you know, not not a lot uh, of in depth uh, coverage on this one. Uh, Dave, you and I were talking before we uh, started the show. This has been one of the craziest weeks uh, work wise uh, for me, so I uh, didn't get a lot of time to dig into these notes. Um, it's just the, similar to the Notre Dame, Texas, this is only the fourth time, uh, that these two teams have played LSU is three and O against them. The most recent time they met, um, was in 2014, um, when, uh, LSU won 28, uh, to 24, uh, the 12th season under less miles. Uh, I, I think the biggest storyline, and this is going to be, um, not only a storyline for this game, but as we look over the course of the season um, with LSU is their new defensive coordinator, Dave Aranda, who is uh, the former defensive coordinator from Wisconsin. Um, he had a three-year stint with Wisconsin um, and where they uh, put up you know, solid numbers, especially last year. Wisconsin, the number one scoring defense in the country, 13.7 points per game. Number two in total defense, 268.5 yards per game, uh, where last year LSU ranked 41st in scoring defense and 25th in total defense. So from a personnel standpoint, from a coaching standpoint, uh, I know LSU, especially being in uh, in, in the SEC, obviously when talking about the SEC, the big thing that always comes up is the defense, although it amazes me when you get into October and November and you get those big uh, SEC matchups on the SEC Network and on uh, CBS, you see, you know, 34 to 31 or, you know, 42 to 38, and I'm going, this is the defensive conference? Um, but, uh, you know, I think that's that's going to be the big key is is how much of an impact is, is Aranda going to have on LSU – uh, obviously, Leonard Fournette, um, who in in many people's eyes uh, is the favorite to win the Heisman this year, uh, a guy that is I think he's uh, just a few yards away from three thousand on his career. Um, you know, Wisconsin comes in. I, I think they're still struggling to find an identity over the past few years. Uh, a lot of people like them; they never seem to meet the expectation. Uh, unfortunately, in front of the not so frozen tundra of Lambeau Field on Sunday, 
or on uh, on Saturday. I, I I don't see Wisconsin uh, coming up with the win here. I think LSU is just too good. Um, I, I I don't know the 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 spread on this one, but I I think About I, ten. A ten. Uh, I I'm gonna say that that LSU wins this one and 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 goes above that. I I think it's gonna be. Uh, no less than seventeen. I think I think LSU is going to steamroll them. I really do. I'm a, I'm on board with that. I think uh, Fournette's going to be too much for Wisconsin to handle. Uh, I, I think this is just a matter of how much does LSU want to score. Right. Yeah. It's going to come down. Are they going to they going to arrest anybody? You know how how quickly do they get up? Uh, and at what point do they decide to take the foot off the gas? You know sometimes that can be dangerous. Uh, because it's it's a lot harder to restart if you have to, um, but uh, you know, and and again, in the college football world, you know, people can talk about running up the score, but um, you know, the the human element picks these uh, picks these playoff spots and picks the top four uh, when we when we get into the later point of the year. So when you have some of the marquee matchups, I mean, I know Wisconsin uh, is not ranked, um, but on paper it's Wisconsin like it's it's a team that always seems to get talked about so you you I think if you're LSU if you have the opportunity to trounce you trounce um you know and I, I think I mean in any weekend I don't care if you're playing uh Furman or Northwestern State I, it doesn't really matter uh you know you you trounce when you can but especially when you have teams that in the back of people's heads you know it's like Oh well, Wisconsin's a tough out, you know. Regardless of where they're ranked or where they're not ranked, uh, I, I think people have a general, I, a general th- thought about certain programs. So uh, this one, I think, could stick out. It's at Lambeau Field. It's going to be a you know a wild environment. Um, you know, college game day is going to be there. Uh, so this is an opportunity for LSU and Les Miles, who I absolutely love as a head coach. Um, you know, uh, Brian Kelly is my, obviously my favorite coach in college football, but man, if, if I was a, if I was a beat writer for a team, uh, and I could pick where I went, uh, less miles would be on my short list. Like that guy just seems like a ton of fun, uh, to, 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 uh, to cover. But, uh, and I think I do, I think LSU, um, should not take the foot off the gas, uh, at least un- until in the end of the fourth quarter. I think that's a hundred percent accurate on that, and uh, it's going to be. It has potential to be a, a quick blowout, uh, without a doubt. There. All right, Dave. Those are my two that I'm covering. Uh, you, of course, hit USC and Alabama. What's uh, What's your number two game of the week? My number two game of the week is when uh, number sixteen UCLA will travel to Texas A and M. Uh, I'm going to ask you for your pick off the bat to see what you say uh, prior to giving the breakdown because I don't want to sway you at all since we're going head-to-head. You know, I don't like that you did that, but I will uh, I will oblige you. And just looking at it from an on-paper standpoint, um, just off the top of my head, I am going to say UCLA. Well, I'm glad you said that because I absolutely love Texas A&M here. Oh, so it is. 
at least we have one game that we are going against each other this week, which is tough given the rest of the uh, the top 25 slate. <laughs> Absolutely. This could be the make or break game of the week. Um, one thing that, uh, and I think Mark requested on our Facebook page, this one's for you, Mark, um, but uh, one thing that I think is going to play key in this game is uh, Trevor Knight, who's the quarterback for Texas A&M. Uh, he was a highly recruited guy, uh, transferred actually from Oklahoma. Uh, so he has some experience, uh, not brand new into the program. Um, he also has some excellent uh, top-tier wide receivers to throw to, uh, Christian Kirk, Josh Reynolds, and uh, Ricky Seals-Jones. Uh, Texas A&M might actually have the best trio of wide receivers in college football. This is going to make this transfer um, for Trevor uh, hopefully seamless, and uh, now I really hope he gets the win just to uh, get some added motivation there for me. Um, Vegas currently has this game. Uh, Texas A&M is actually favored by three points over UCLA. Um, so everyone in the media, when Texas A&M wins, uh, they're going to call this an upset, but uh, this would be another one where Vegas knows best. Um, USC gets their quarterback, uh, Josh Rosen, back. Uh, he he is only has three additional starters with him. So that's another thing that sways me to Texas A&M in this one. Uh, there's only three, well, four total if you count uh, Josh in with that mix. But uh, there's only four returning starters on UCLA's offense. Uh, so that's one another uh, potential spot that Texas A&M can exploit there. Um, I think the UCLA defense should be pretty solid this year. Um, but I think this U- U- uh, this A&M offense under some uh, Kevin is going to be definitely putting the UCLA defense to the test. Um, the other thing that's going for a positive uh, for Texas A&M is they have Miles Gar- Garrett, uh, who's potentially the best defensive end in the nation. So he should also have no issue um, making a couple plays that could change the outcome of this game as well. Um, but I think Texas A&M wins this one by double digits. Wow. Okay. I mean, part of me wanted to say A and M just because the uh, the environment down there is always pretty wild. Especially um, how many how many renovations have they done since Manziel? Like sixty two or something to that stadium since Johnny he's Manziel left. The, he's still sitting in the bleachers drinking. <laughs> yeah, he's actually there right now, probably. Uh, but I don't know. UCLA, I, I think, is a is a team that um, you know just they're another one of those teams that I I don't like to keep using the words make or break, but um, they 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 always want to be in the conversation in the Pac-10 or the Pac-12. Sorry, uh, my 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 uh, my brain likes to remember the uh, the old times when the when the Pac-10 and the Big Ten actually had. 10 teams and the big 12 at 12 and it's hard to keep track of the numbers of some of these things. But, uh, I, 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 I think UCLA wants to get out to a hot start this year. And, and, and I think the biggest key for them in this one is to get out to the hot start, because if you let that crowd, uh, really get hot and take over the game, then I think, uh, UCLA could be in some trouble, but, uh, but if you can, if you can get out ahead of them, uh, then, then I think they're going to be okay. I hope they're. I hope uh, A&M is okay for the sake of the argument. <laughs> uh, we will see about that. Uh, 
Any more thoughts on that game, Dave, before we uh, before we take our break here? No, definitely. Uh, not much on that one. I definitely think uh, I definitely think A and M is going to have some uh, definite uh, blowout proportion potential in this one, which would be uh, kind of sweet to see. All right, time will tell on that one. Hey, we're going to take a take a pause here uh, and do the uh, do the thing we got to do. We have some great sponsors for the show. Uh, so we're going to do that now. And then when we come back, we're going to preview and predict a uh, pretty fast paced move here through the top 25 this weekend in college football. Stay tuned. The huddle up show with the Jim and Dave here on NGSCSports.com. You have the power to create the life you want. How? Visit the web store on www.iempower.com to find out more. That's I-EM-Power.com. Are you the next Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, or Deion Sanders? Do you have what it takes to become the next great talent? Whether you play baseball, basketball, football, or any other sport, you all at least have one thing in common, the need to be recognized. It doesn't matter if you're trying to get recruited to your dream school or striving to make it to the next level. I'mNextUSA.com is the platform for you. You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. Welcome back, Huddle Up Podcast here on NGSCSports.com. We are live Wednesday, August 31st, 2016. And I'm so happy we get to turn the calendar page of September. Football is upon us, folks. And we will be here each and every Wednesday night live to uh, break down some of the biggest matches in our minds and then to uh, predict all of the top 25 and all the NFL action, of course, starting next week. We'll get to the NFL stuff. Uh, Jim and Dave here with you again. You can call into the show 401-347-0613. Use pin 29312. And 401-347-0613. Use pin 29312. Or you can tweet me at Big Jim Sports if there's anything uh, going into this weekend that you want us to uh, to talk about. Any questions you want answered from... Uh, from Dave and myself again. Tweet at me at Big Jim Sports, uh, Dave. I think uh, you're you're still yet to get the, uh, the 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 Twitter page up and running, right? Like we, I, I don't want to uh, mislead anybody here, but uh, you're you're working on getting a new one set up, right? Correct. That'll be set up uh, sometime in the next couple of days, hopefully. All right. So when uh, when we get to that again, uh, we will uh, post that to our. Facebook page, which you can uh, visit. Make sure you like that. Facebook.com slash huddle up podcast. Uh, you can search for us on iTunes and Android. Um, I have to figure out exactly what the search term is for it. Cause I just followed the link that I posted to the Facebook page. 
um, to make sure it was working. I think if you uh, either search Huddle Up Podcast, currently you will see the uh, the Big Jim Sports logo on there, working on getting a logo designed uh, for the show. But uh, Huddle Up Podcast or Huddle Up with Jim and Dave, uh, you should be able to find it on iTunes. And if you are there and subscribe to it, make sure to rate and review us. Tell everybody you know we want to get this thing uh, bigger and better each and every week. So I know we have uh, a few people listening live. Again, you can... Uh, you can tweet at the show again at at Big Jim Sports, or uh, you can throw something up on Facebook.com slash Huddle Up Podcast, or again, call in 401 347 and use pin 29312. So now the, now the real fun part begin, begins, Dave, because we are going to look at and, and predict all of the games in the top 25. We'll do this every week, and then we will also, each and every week, uh, predict uh, the NFL matchups starting next week. So uh, I believe you're going to keep the tally on the college football side. When we get to next week, I will keep the tally on the NFL side. So I'm going to turn the floor over to you, and we'll run down these games. I just want to make note of how this works, that I have to take our 25 games a week, and you have 16. Yeah, it sounds perfectly right to me. And all the things your season's longer, though, so I'm done first. That's true. That is true. So, uh, first, we have two games on Thursday. Um, I'll give you a bonus point if you know. Uh, you might know the one, so I'm not going to do it for this one. But uh, we have the Charlotte 49ers at uh, the 19th ranked Louisville Cardinals. Um, I assume we're both taking Louisville. They're 40 point favorites, uh, roughly. So, <laughs> I'm just going to pencil that one. Yeah, that's, that's a safe one. That's a safe bet. And then you have uh, Appalachian State, the uh, the Mountaineers, at uh, number nine at Tennessee, I believe. Uh, I'm not going to pencil that one in just yet in case uh, you're going to take the upset home run on Appalachian State again. Now, is that is that the same Appalachian State that uh, upset Michigan a few years back? That would be correct. I'm going to be – I'm probably going to end up sleeping in the spare room for that comment. Didn't think that one Those, through. Some, some things are well worth it. <laughs> uh, hey, that's going to be the only way I'm going to be able to figure out if my wife listens to our show or not. Uh, so, I, I, you know, it, it, to me, it all works out in the end because, uh, you know, we, we have a comfy bed in the spare room. So it all works out. Uh, mm-hmm. In this one, I am not going to take the Mountaineers. I am going to take uh, the ninth ranked volunteers at home. Definitely. And I'm on Louisville and Tennessee as well. Uh, no upsets on Thursday night. Uh, another uh, potentially interesting game on Thursday night uh, puts the South Carolina Gamecocks against the Vanderbilt. Uh, about four points spread in that one. That kicks off uh, 8 o'clock. Uh, probably the best game on uh, Thursday night. Uh, tomorrow, football's back. Um, but probably the best, uh, best game on the telecast tomorrow. All right. All uh, right. Moving on to Friday, then uh, we have three games involving ranked teams. Um, these games are so prolific that two of the three aren't even lined in Las Vegas. Um, so <laughs> uh, they're they're almost SEC cupcake schedules. But I I, I got to stop calling the SEC out. But uh, first one is the Furman, and if you know the Furman mascot, I would be super impressed. Um. I I believe they are the Paladins, correct? Ooh, well done, well done. 
I know my college football, Dave. I know my college football. But you like Notre Dame nonetheless. Oh, oh, absolutely. You got to roll with, uh, you got to roll with the golden domers, my friend. Um, definitely. So they are the, the Furman Paladins are at, uh, Michigan state, uh, assuming that's a Michigan state pick, uh, same thing with the Northwestern State Demons at the Baylor Bears, uh, 23rd-ranked Baylor Bears, assuming we are both taking Baylor in that one as well. Yeah, yeah, Michigan State and Baylor. You know, the the real thing, the, the interesting thing with uh, with, with Baylor, uh, not so much this week, but but as the, the season begins to roll out, is uh, how will that team respond to all of the crap that has been going on uh, in in the off season down there, just a complete, um, just a complete and utter mess uh, for Baylor. And and you know I know for those for the for the players they have to be happy that uh, you know just two nights from now they will finally be able to put some of that stuff behind them and just get back to football. Uh, just a complete utter mess uh, in the off season for uh, for Baylor. Yeah, definitely. Uh, they're, they're probably uh, as excited as can be to put the pads on. Oh, have to be. Absolutely have to be. Then we got the uh, the marquee matchup on Friday night. We have the Kansas State Wildcats at uh, the Stanford Cardinal. Um, Stanford's currently favored by, I can't find it at the moment because uh, I'm on the wrong page, but uh, Stanford's currently favored by about 14 points. Uh, any upset pick here? I'm going with Stanford at home. Yeah, I think I think Stanford's going to get the win. Uh, I I just I they they are a team. They're like the anti Pac-12. You know, when you look at the Pac-12, it's all about speed and finesse, and Stanford just seems like a like a Big Ten Midwest team that that's just out on the West Coast. Uh, and I I think that uh, you know McCaffrey's such a special player. Uh, and and he uh, he's gonna have I think he's gonna have some fun um, on Friday. Definitely, I think this will be a, an interesting to watch without interesting one to watch without a doubt. Uh, so we got straight chalk, uh, five ranked teams on Thursday and Friday, and five picks for the ranked teams. So um, no surprises so far. Um, moving on to Saturday, then uh, I'm gonna touch on another game in a second, uh, but the first one on my sheet is the Bowling Green Falcons at Ohio State, uh, with Ohio State being about 20, uh, 28 point favorites now, roughly. Okay. Uh, I'm obviously going Ohio State at this point, but yeah. uh, I think the game might be a little bit closer than what the, the Vegas number looks at, but uh, I, I don't see any way that Ohio State doesn't win this one. No, I mean, that, that that's a big number, and and I know that there was a couple games uh, last year, I think, or at least one that Notre Dame had had some sort of ridiculous uh, spread number, and and by all accounts, it, a lot of times these teams should be winning by that much, but it just it just doesn't seem to to happen a whole lot uh, in in college football. So yeah, Ohio State wins, but I I don't think they beat the the, the twenty five number. Definitely. Um, first, probably real marquee game on Saturday. Uh, it is a noon kickoff, I believe. Uh, it is Oklahoma, uh, number three Oklahoma, traveling to number fifteen Houston. Uh, it's the 
I don't see it on here at the moment, but uh, it is a 12 o'clock kick. So uh, definitely going to be probably your best early game that you have. Um, Oklahoma is currently favored uh, by about 11, 11 and a half points at the moment. Uh, I definitely like Oklahoma here. Um, I think Houston is a really good team. I think they're going to give Oklahoma all they can handle for a while. Um, but I think this game here is going to set up key for Oklahoma when they play Ohio State in uh, two weeks. I think this is going to give uh, Oklahoma a huge test, um, and it's going to prepare them for that Ohio State game. I think they escape, but I don't think it is. Uh, I don't think it's nearly as easy as they think it's going to be. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, you know, and this game uh, is at Energy NRG Stadium, a home of the Houston Texans. So. Uh, you know, for me, it, how many from Oklahoma are going to make the trip down? How big of an environment, uh, can, can they make this game? Um, I, I think Houston is going to put a big time scare into the Sooners, uh, and very early in the season, uh, the Oklahoma is going to have to kind of look at itself in the mirror. Like you said, with a huge matchup coming up in a few weeks, uh, I think Houston will be winning into the fourth quarter. But I think Oklahoma is going to sneak it out with a with a field goal victory um, late in the fourth quarter. Oklahoma by three. I like it. I think it's going to – I have the same type of game plan here, that it's just going to be um, pure madness in the stadium for the Houston fans. And uh, Oklahoma is going to get a couple real good uh, shots to the, the face here, and it's all going to depend on how they uh, get up off the mat. All right. Uh, next game we have then is we have the Hawaii Warriors uh, going to number seven, Michigan. Uh, interesting thing in this game is it is the second game that Hawaii has played. Uh, they lost by 20 to Cal last week. Uh, so this is their second game, with, which gives them a slight advantage, but they're still going to get trounced by Michigan. Yeah. Uh, they're currently listed as 40-point underdogs. So uh, <laughs> make sure you make the right pick here, and it might get you back off the uh, couch <laughs> for your earlier comments. Yeah, this one's going to be pretty easy, a pretty, pretty much a slam dunk for Michigan. Uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, looking over the, the, the top ten, I remember um, I, I reacted – when I saw the top 10, I saw Michigan ahead of Notre Dame in the top 10 and, and also receiving a first place vote. I said, How the hell do they get a first place vote? But uh, no, this one's going to be pretty easy for Michigan. I, I think what they, they, they have, you know, what, seven of their first eight games or something are at home. So um, it's not going to be, it's not going to be a rough, rough ride for, uh, for old khaki pants up there. Uh, at least through uh, at least through mid to late October uh, for Michigan, this one's going to be easy. Definitely, and I think uh, Michigan's getting so much love because of how easy their first half of the schedule is. It's going to set them up and put them in position. Yeah. Um, moving onwards, then uh, Rutgers is at number fourteen, Washington, uh, about twenty twenty seven point favorites at the moment. Washington is. Uh, I don't have much to say on this one. Uh, Washington's probably going to win, so I'm going to take them. Uh, just leave it at that. Yeah, I like Washington a lot. I think they actually could be uh, somewhat of a dark horse in the uh, in the Pac-12. Uh, don't be surprised if you're hearing them uh, make some upsets later in the year. Obviously, this one, not an upset, but uh, the Huskies come out. Definitely. Uh, I have uh, UCLA, Texas A&M, uh, where we're split. Uh, making things official, you're taking UCLA, and I have Texas A&M. Yes. Uh, next one is LSU-Wisconsin. Uh, we're both on LSU in a blowout. Yeah, yep. 
Um, game after that, uh, Miami, Ohio at number 17, Iowa. Um, this is one that Iowa is just going to control the game. And uh, if you remember, they finished out last season pretty strong. Uh, this momentum probably going to carry over a little bit. Um, but uh, I, I, they're just too much for Miami, Ohio at this point. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go with Iowa. No, you know, not a whole lot to say. Um, just uh, I think it's going to be pretty easy, especially at home. Definitely. Uh, next one's the Southeastern Louisiana Lions at uh, Oklahoma State. Um, another online game, so I'm just going to circle Oklahoma State for you. Yep. And uh, myself. That's perfect. <laughs> uh, next one's the UC Davis Aggies at the number 24 Oregon Ducks. Uh, pretty another online game, so we're both going to take the quack attack, I'm sure. Yeah, it seems weird seeing the number 24 in front of Oregon. You, we almost had become so accustomed to seeing them, at least in the top 15, top 10. Um, a little bit of an identity crisis up there, but not in this game. It's going to make a, make it seem like the uh, Oregon of old, of course. Yes. Um, the next game is probably one of the uh, games I am most looking forward to this weekend, personally. Um, it's the number 18 Georgia Bulldogs traveling to the number 22 North Carolina Tar Heels. Um, I personally felt like UNC overachieved a little last year, and I felt like Georgia underachieved quite a bit last year. Um, Vegas currently has Georgia at about a two, two and a half, three point favorite. Um, I like the Bulldogs in this game um, just because I think it's the pure um, UNC is floating a little high from last year. And I think Georgia is a little been chomping at the bit to get back out on the field from last year. Um, I don't have a real strong opinion, but I think Georgia wins this game. Yeah, it's interesting. Technically, Georgia is the road team, but it's at the Georgia Dome. So, you know, it's it's, it's one of those odd ones. Uh, I know Georgia with a, with a new coach. Um, so for that, I'm going to say, even though they, they kind of have the home cooking uh, feel going on, I'm going to take North Carolina um, less than – I think they're going by less than seven. I think it's going to be very close, a very fun watch. Uh, for those that get to see it. But I think North Carolina squeaks out a win here. Definitely. Uh, it should be an interesting one to watch. I think it's going to be one of these games that we're going to watch and uh, have a lot of commentary. It's going to show uh, both how these teams or how both of these teams are going to do down the road for the rest of the season. Um, next game is UMass, the Minutemen, at uh, number 25, Florida. Um, Florida's 36-point favorites. Um, I think the bigger question to me in this game um, – Obviously, we're both taking Florida. Yeah. Um, but is UMass going to be able to score on Florida at all? Uh, I'm going to say no. I would agree because I think Florida, oh, they'll get some weak field goal just to make us both wrong since we agreed. <laughs> Probably. Or they'll get a safety. Yeah, something. <laughs> um, next game's number 20, USC at number one, Alabama. Um, we both took Alabama. Yep. Um, you have them by about 10 more points than I do, uh, but we both have a close game up until a third quarter or so. Um, so both uh, going on record taking Alabama. Yep. Uh, the next game then is another online game, uh, the South Dakota State Jackrabbits, one of the best mascots in all oh, of the Oh, what a great, what a great name and mascot. And then they are going to uh, – they're at number 13, TCU. So we'll circle uh, TCU on that one. Yeah, that one's um, a, a pretty easy. Down to the last three games then. Um, the last remaining game on Saturday 
puts number two Clemson at Auburn. Um, Clemson opened as eight-and-a-half-point favorites. That line is slowly drifting downwards, getting closer and closer to seven. Um, interesting with Clemson facing a big road test in Auburn to start out the season here. Um, given the, the strength of the ACC, Clemson pretty much needs to go perfect on the year to get into a college football playoff. Um, so they almost have to win out. Uh, Auburn is an interesting team this year with some of the changes they had last year. Uh, going to be another team that's we're not going to really know what we see until we see them on the field this week, next week, uh, a couple weeks after that. So uh, for the sheer fact of uh, Clemson being experienced, I'm taking Clemson, but uh, this one has trouble written all over it for Clemson. Yeah, it certainly does uh, to open up on the road in an environment like Auburn. Uh, if, you know, we, we've seen a lot of crazy things happen at Jordan Hare stadium. Um, I, I, I don't think we see some sort of, and I'm not going to call it a miracle. I don't think we see an upset here, but I, I think Clemson is, is going to come out of this game kind of wondering what the hell just happened. And are we going to be, um, as good as people think we are coming out of this one I, I think they're going to be maybe questioning themselves a little bit um it, it's a win but it's, it's kind of a by the skin of their teeth sort of a win for Clemson definitely and if we if we had to pick one uh one top 25 team that's going down playing an unranked team I think we're both picking uh Clemson yeah I think this is the uh, well, biggest aside, potential actually, for that aside from me taking Texas A&M it's a guarantee so aha well yeah I, I don't think uh, – I think you're going to be a little disappointed about that one. We can try. <laughs> um, game on Sunday then, uh, we both have Notre Dame over Texas. Uh, you have them a little bit bigger margin than I do. I think Notre Dame by a field goal. I think you said uh, 10 points or so. But yeah. uh, we both have Notre Dame circled, uh, which brings us to our last pick. Um, number 11, Ole Miss at number three, Florida. And I believe this game is Florida State, that is. Sorry about that. Uh, number three, Florida State. And I believe this game is being played in the Orange Bowl. Yes, I believe so. So um, this is an interesting one for me. Um, I really like the Ole Miss D here, so I'm going to circle the upset on this. And here I, I thought I was going to... Number 11, Ole Miss. And here I thought I was going to get all fancy with it because... You know, I think um, you know Florida State's one of those teams that it, it it there always seems to be some sort of a distraction, some sort of a something extra is always going on at Florida State this year. Uh, they are the team featured on uh, Showtime's a season with uh, program uh, that was uh, the first year of it was of course last year with Notre Dame this year Florida State uh, and and. You know they they have the, they have talent at Florida State. Don't get me wrong, but they're always just there. There seems to be always something extra when you're talking about the Seminoles. Um, I, I like Old Miss to come in and uh, and because it is at that neutral site, even though you know it's in Florida, um, it's not at uh, it's not at Dope Campbell Stadium or is it Bobby Bowden Stadium? I can't remember if they renamed it or not. But uh, I, I do. I think that uh, I think I think we see an upset here. Uh, we're we're both on that upset, so uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, one additional pick that I have, uh, not counting for the records or anything, but just for uh, for fun of our viewers out there, or I guess it would be listeners because no one wants to stare at the TV screen seeing either of us. <laughs> um, but 
Uh, one additional upset pick I have, um, I think the Mac is going to go in and beat the Big Ten this weekend in the form of Western Michigan upsetting Northwestern. Okay, all right. Uh, that's uh, that's a that's a little bit of a decent uh, decent upset pick there, uh, and and certainly could happen. Northwestern's one of those teams that you know a couple years ago you thought that the program was really starting to get put back together, but um, you know it just just doesn't seem to be materializing like they would have liked to. So um, yeah, I I wouldn't be shocked if we saw something uh, like that either. So. Uh, but uh, Dave, for the first show, this one's pretty good. I know we had some people listening out there live, so we appreciate them doing that. Uh, so it's a little shorter. I think uh, most weeks we're going to be pushing the uh, the hour and a half time. This is just a little over an hour, uh, but I think it's a good start, a good start to the year, and I and I can't be happier. I think a guy at work, uh, he and I. Um, every, uh, almost, uh, every couple of days since about the beginning of July, we're like, is it football yet? Oh, damn it. So finally this week we both came in, um, he's, he's from Virginia. He's a Virginia tech fan. Uh, so he, he and I both came into work on Monday and said, uh, we're rejoicing that it's finally, uh, finally game week. Um, and, and, and football is finally back. Uh, hopefully we can start to turn the, uh, turn the thermometer down a little bit it's been a brutally hot summer here so hopefully we can get into some cool fall weather football at its finest and uh hopefully we can get some good success here with this uh with this podcast um any other thoughts uh for week one here in college football dave uh, i think we've done a good job covering it uh, excited to be on the show with you um we have a whole bunch of uh tricks and stuff planned for the next, uh, I guess it'll be 18 weeks or so until uh, we get to the playoffs in the NFL. Uh, again, the shows will be a little bit bigger next week uh, with the NFL starting up. Uh, we'll do a quick recap of some uh, college items beforehand, and then we'll do uh, probably an NFL game and a uh, NCAA game each uh, in-depth preview, and then uh, we'll go with the predictions again. But uh, it'll definitely be worthwhile uh, listening and picking up some uh, tidbits of our uh, football obsession that we both have and uh thanks for everyone that uh listened in and uh hopefully we're gonna start growing the show and uh getting the following and who knows what type of uh goodies could find their way into uh the show at some point absolutely dave uh so we'll we'll talk to you next week buddy have a good one enjoy the games this weekend you too big guy all right we'll talk to you next week so there it is folks week one is uh, for us, in our predictions, in the books. Week one of the Huddle Up show, Jim and Dave Huddle Up podcast. Make sure you visit us online uh, on Facebook, facebook.com slash Huddle Up podcast. You can follow me at Big Jim Sports. We'll get Dave's Twitter uh, up to you when he gets that uh, up and running. Catch us live each and every Wednesday night, 9.30 p.m. Eastern time, ngscsports.com the Spreaker player. Also, uh, hopefully in the next couple weeks, we'll be adding uh, either on Livestream.com or YouTube.com uh, some live streaming video of me right here in the studio. Um, yeah, visit, uh, visit NGSCSports.com for all of the uh, all of the articles, all of the shows across the network, uh, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio app. Check that out. Podcasts our show directly. Again, 
Uh, go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash huddle up podcast. I put the link up there, so make sure you check that out and uh, subscribe, rate, and review us. Tell your friends, spread the word. Uh, we have plenty of exciting stuff planned for you guys for the year. So uh, make this show grow as much as it can. And uh, we are proud to bring it to you each and every week. We appreciate it for those listening live, those listening on the podcast, and those supporting us. Thank you again, and we'll talk to you next week. And until then, go for the win. www.iempower.com to find out more. That's i-em-power.com. Are you the next Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, or Deion Sanders? Do you have what it takes to become the next great talent? Whether you play baseball, basketball, football, or any other sport, you all at least have one thing in common, the need to be recognized. It doesn't matter if you're trying to get recruited to your dream school or striving to make it to the next level. I'mNextUSA.com is the platform for you.